This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at ravinia.org. Good morning. I'm Justin Bull in for Aaron Allen, and this is The Rundown. I'll start off today by wishing a happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there. If you don't observe and you still want something to do tonight, or if you're a big fan of Taylor Swift, so much so that you have bad blood with an X, really sorry for that pun, well, there's a new pop-up bar in Chicago's West Loop. It's hosting a Taylor Swift-themed heartbreak bar, both tonight and all month long. The bar is called the Electric Garden. Cardboard cutouts of Swift adorn the room. Everything is cast in a red glow. Balloon clusters hang from the ceiling. My colleague Indy Kara checked it out on opening night, and she brought us back this review from the Swifties. Libby White, um, huge Taylor Swift fan. Have loved Taylor Swift for years. I'm Danielle Newman. I've only ever missed one concert, so I am a diehard, and I dragged my husband and two of our friends here to just really immerse in Taylor Swift. Like all the decor, all the like Taylor quotes, and then the songs obviously playing. I'm I'm a fan. I'm curious if there will be Taylor themed cocktails. I hate Valentine's Day. <laughs> I just think it's such an overrated holiday. Usually usually Valentine's Day it's a bit of a bummer. It's yeah. a bit but I was like, this year, a little hopeful. Those were the voices of several Swift fans taking in the Heartbreak Bar pop-up at the Electric Garden in the West Loop. Indy also reports that, yes, there are Swift-themed drinks, including one called Up All Night and Anti-Hero IPAs from Revolution Brewing. If the idea of this bar fulfills all your wildest dreams, do check it out. Okay, back to reality and back to the race to be Chicago's next mayor. Last night was one of the final candidate forums on the calendar, and Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot used it to take aim at a leading opponent, Cook County Commissioner Brandon Johnson, over police funding, taxes, and more. My colleague Mariah Wolfel watched the debate and has more on that story. Many mayoral hopefuls have recently targeted former CPS CEO Paul Vallis, one of the most conservative candidates in the race. But last night, Lightfoot repeatedly criticized Johnson, a challenger to her left. Mr. Johnson says that safe cities in the U.S. do this, this and this. But what safe cities in the U.S. do is they don't defund the police. Activist Jay Maul Green also attacked Johnson, saying he's trying to capitalize on the fact that he lives in one of the city's most violent neighborhoods. Please stop lying about the lived experiences because you don't have any and you are a fraud. Johnson said it's clear his campaign is, quote, catching fire as his support has grown. That was Mariah Wolfel reporting there. Mayor Lightfoot also took on Congressman Jesus Chuy Garcia at last night's forum hosted by NBC5. My colleague Tessa Weinberg has that side of the story. The question was about disparities in lending in black neighborhoods. But it devolved into a back and forth, with Garcia criticizing Lightfoot's signature Invest Southwest program that aims to boost development in disinvested neighborhoods. A lot of what she talks about is simply you can't see it. It's all hypothetical. Lightfoot shot back that Garcia was out of touch with black communities. Congressman, come along with me to the 10 communities where we are making a tangible difference in concrete ways. I know you don't know black Chicago that well. 
Garcia said he lives on the west side and accused Lightfoot of not coming to his neighborhood from her home in Logan Square. That was my colleague Tessa Weinberg. Reminder, Election Day is two weeks from today. There is a state-sponsored plan to move hundreds of migrants into an old Kmart on Chicago's southwest side. That plan is now getting pushback from local officials. My colleague Alex Degman reports the Illinois Department of Human Services says the Kmart at 71st and Pulaski would be large and safe with separate areas for meetings, sleeping, and recreation. But State Representative Angelica Guerrero Cuellar isn't sure the building is ready to handle 658 people who have been living in suburban hotels. We haven't seen anything yet. I haven't seen anything yet. I haven't even been given a construction timeline, which is why I say we're still in the early conversations. We're still discussing this. She also wants to know how children will be supported. If the shelter opens, CPS is not slated to get more money. You may have heard of redlining before. That's a discriminatory housing practice in which loans and other services are withheld from certain customers, often racial and ethnic minorities, in areas deemed hazardous to investment. A new study finds that a cousin of redlining, a practice known as blockbusting, took place in the 50s and 60s and contributed to segregation and economic inequality in today's Chicago neighborhoods. My colleague Adora Namigade reports that blockbusters persuaded white homeowners to sell their properties for lesser value. There's a new report from the Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago that says blockbusting occurred in at least 12 of Chicago's 77 neighborhoods. The practice became illegal under the Fair Housing Act of 1968. And now for a few quick hits. Chicago Public Schools is grappling with a spike in after-school killings. Last year, nine children, 17 years old or younger, were killed on a weekday between 2 p.m. and 5 p.m. That's according to a WBEZ and Sun-Times analysis. That's also the highest total since 2016. CPS officials said they are working on plans to address the violence. And the Sun-Times is reporting that early turnout in this year's municipal elections is already exceeding the last two mayoral races, numbers being led by mail-in voters. A Chicago Board of Elections spokesperson says that 41,000 ballots have already been cast in this year's election. The previous two mayoral races only saw roughly 2,000 cast by this point in the election for each. So yeah, pretty sizable increase there. As a reminder, there's an early voting location now open near you, one in all 50 wards. As for the weather, it's partly cloudy today and still unseasonably warm. This morning, the temps are in the high 30s. We've got a high of 50 degrees later today. But be ready for some rain showers all afternoon and evening. And that's it for the rundown. Go get yourself a heart-shaped pizza today. Life is short and you deserve it. And thank you for listening. I'm Justin Bull, in for Aaron Allen, and we will see you tomorrow. Tomorrow. 